it is no mystery that, that there's an issue out here. Um, and um, but the severity of the issue, I think, is something that has been needed to, to get talked about for a while. Because it's such a small town, I think for a long time there's this assumption that if you're in a small town, um, you kind of fly under the radar. And what a lot of people out here don't understand is that being a small town doesn't exempt you from state and federal laws. And and there, those things are in place for a reason. This city hall is out of control. There's no oversight. Um, you know, at some point in time, you're not going to be flying under the radar anymore. And time's up. Welcome back. Another episode of In Focus Podcast. I'm Bobby Schuyler. And I am Cody Broadway. And today we're going to be taking a closer look, kind of a deeper dive into one of our stories that we talked about last week. Uh, the Ballinger water crisis, kind of the state of the water in Ballinger. Yeah, you know, this is a story that I've, you know, growing up here, I've always heard that not just Ballinger, but a lot of the small towns in West Texas, you know, you just don't drink the water. Um, a lot of people are having to come into San Angelo or, or you know, buy just bottles of, of water to cook with, it, to drink. Um, I was recently talked to somebody, and he said that a lot of people just go to the store and drink Coke. Yeah, and uh, let's talk a little bit about how we kind of found this story. Social media, Ballinger residents received yeah, so a there, notice. Yeah, there was a notice uh, posted on their website. I Googled search Ballinger Water. was just curious if there was anything ever done about the, uh, the water in Ballinger, if there was any message boards, anything on Reddit, that you know, just people complaining. First thing that pops up is a notice from the city that, you know, that read in part, the uh, if you consume enough of this water, you know, you're at risk for a great risk for cancer. And of course, that that was one word that's st- that stood out to me. Um, but, you know, this was all kind of really above my head. So we we brought in uh, our meteorologist, Ricky Cody, in on this. Uh, my name is uh, Ricky Cody. I am the uh, morning meteorologist for KDY Fox San Angelo, uh, Wake Up West Texas. Um, yeah, so we've uh, been kind of working on this story for a little while now since at least the early April, specifically talking about water, the potential contaminants, both in the water that we swim in recreationally, and then as it relates to the Ballinger story that we're continuing to work on about the water that we drink, which we've learned is not the only city in Texas that has a tap water issue, whether it's with contaminants or with uh, lead or anything that shouldn't actually be in the water that you're drinking. Anything other than hydrogen, two parts, oxygen, shouldn't be in the water, shouldn't be in the water, right? So we uh, met with the water treatment facility plant manager who has been doing this for decades, Um, and his name was Randy. Nice guy. Genuine guy. Uh, very knowledgeable in what he's what he, in what he does and in his craft, and you could tell that man literally li- lives, breathes, and drinks water quite literally. And uh, a also longtime Ballinger resident outside of city limits, but still in Reynolds County in Texas. And we had a very candid conversation following a release from the city of Ballinger because of 
un, improperly treated water or not necessarily on, and that's what we're trying to find out, is it based on, on the city's behalf or uh, a, a deeper problem beyond the city level? And had a very candid conversation about his um, TT, specifically the TTHM levels in the water. And this is one particular contaminant of concern. We could test for lead and arsenic and all these different things, but many a times those aren't the issues that we have because they know these things can be treated. But TTHMs are difficult. This is a, an organic volatile compound. And so what happens is when those show up in the water, they have the potential with long-term effects of body ailments that have become more than a cough or a cold or um, something that would require a simple doctor's prescription to be fine. We're talking things like cancer and nervous system disruptions as well as complications to the uh, just the lining in, in our basic body processes, which just saying that out loud is bizarre, right? I mean, even in this room, we're, we're, we're looking at each yeah. other like there's no way this is real. Um, but that is what the, this particular um, contaminant can do, what it has done before. Otherwise, why would it come with such a price tag for, for, for what it can possibly do? And so we asked very, you know, I asked him, and we were in the room, asked him very bluntly about this particular um, contaminant, and here's just part of what he had to say. When organic matter that's in that raw water reacts with chlorine, you get a byproduct that's called trihalomethanes. Uh, TTHM, that's the abbreviation for it, which stands for total trihalomethanes. Uh, if you exceed that limit over what they call an annual running average, which is four quarters, then you have to send these letters out. If you have a health concern, uh, change water sources, you know, drink bottled water, whatever. And if you really have a health concern, contact your local doctor and ask his advice and input. So one thing in particular I thought was interesting about the process of how they treat the water and that I asked him was, well, why didn't you do this before? Because you've had a history with government agency, the government, excuse me, the governing environmental agency in Texas, which is the TCEQ, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, which obviously part of that is the drinking water that we consume right. on a daily basis. You make these changes now, why not make those changes a long time ago or when the problem first happened because in order to pass this these cities need to have four consecutive quarters of good quality water which hasn't happened in two years and you know correct me if i'm wrong did he say that they test it at the plant but it could be different that comes out of people's taps so what they send in to this tceq um comes out of these two, you know, there's multiple testing that that's run daily, okay? Um, but sometimes these particular agents, this, this, this TTHM, may not happen 
within the plant. Mm-hmm. They're, they're how they evolve, how they shape, how they furthermore contaminate the water may actually be something that happens once it leaves the plant. So you're at home, you're a resident, you're coming home, it's a hot summer day, and you want a glass of water, and you turn on the tap, and the water is discolored, it may be um, have an odor to it, and it may leave a residue, that sort of thing. Basically, everything water shouldn't do, it's doing in your glass. Yeah. At what point does and who is responsible for that? Because I think when when we were talking with him, you know, I know I I, I do not believe that he, that the intentions here, from the city's perspective, are trying to be misconstrued. Are I don't think there's a, a huge cover up. What I think the issue here is that I I think there is this problem that is being pushed around, whether it's from a government agency to the city, to the person who's treating the water, to the people who are drinking it, where there isn't an exactly a source, if you will, of where, why this, of where this responsibility falls. Because if that was the case, then they would have a solution. They would have fixed it a long time ago and we wouldn't be having a conversation right now. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if they had, if they knew what was happening and as I mentioned, opening up just moments ago, when we first did this conversation, this isn't the city like this. So if there is a solution somewhere, which that seems to be the problem that there's not, then who is responsible for finding that solution if they're doing the testing both at a government, you know, state level and also doing the testing that they do in-house, which is eventually sent to the state? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing that – or the other question that I have, as far as your knowledge, have they ever tested the water straight out of the tap? That I do not know. Because the testing that they do, they do from their plant perspective. So let's say no. I'm not saying that's true. But let's just say that they don't test the water from Jane Doe's tap water. At one point, I asked Randy to take us to a particular part of the plant where this may have been the issue. Um, And in the full report, which airs later this summer, you will see why... He couldn't show me, but he couldn't. Let's leave it at that. And the reason why is because all of the infrastructure that takes the water out of the plant is under the ground. And so one of the issues for towns like these it could be, and I believe this might be the culprit, is aging infrastructure. Because these TTHMs, as I've researched and understand it, can still develop and can still evolve into the genetic the, the the into the chemistry of the water even on the outside walls of the plant where it's being treated. So to me, it doesn't matter if you do all of your homework in terms of treating it as it comes into the plant. You are responsible, in my opinion, for how it is in its compound and its chemistry when it leaves the plant and goes to Jane Doe's tap. As Randy mentioned, it's also very expensive to just upheave aging infrastructure and I think replace he said, it. He even said some of those pipes there were like 1900s, mm-hmm. I think is what he said. Well, we pulled into that place thinking we oh, were in no. a whole different – we walked – we pulled in to the Ballinger 
city treatment water city excuse me the Ballinger city Ballinger water treatment facility right next that, to the Ballinger Country Club right next to the Ballinger Country Club where they were using water no doubt from yeah. that same plant watering their lawns but pulled up to an older dilapidated building that we thought okay well this may be the problem until you realize <laughs> that they were able to <laughs> the yeah. buildings are much newer when you drive in I think the big takeaway and again, there's a lot of research that needs to be done here and arguably other stories to come from this. I think at the end of the day, you have a community of people who rely on their water, who use their water every day for just daily needs, who deserve to know timely and also deserve to have clean, fresh water with the little water that we do have, given the fact that we live in an area of the country where water is in short, in such short supply. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's, a, it's almost like a right as a, you know, not even just a person paying for the water there, but just as a human that, you know, that you have that right to the clean water. Um, because a lot of people can't afford bottled water and RO service and all of that. Especially having to go and actually purchase that water. I mean, it's not a... You know, I mean, there's no doubt that that Ballinger has places to do that shopping. But in many cases, when you need gallons of it, not just for a single person living in Ballinger, that means going outside of your community to get it. And another thing that I find interesting um, in all of this is it all comes down to money as well, because to go in to replace these pipes, to do what needs to be done isn't cheap and i believe i read uh heard a report out of uh, brady that it was going to be millions for the city to build a new water plant um and you know a lot of these small towns just can't afford it but don't you think though that as a as a human i mean living in 21st century america that not having access to water seems almost and again, not in a derogatory sense and not to be crass, but sounds almost like a third world conversation. Yeah, no, it, it does. And but, you know, this is also something that a lot of us have become accustomed to the boil water notices. Right. The the uh, hard the, water of, of having a, a water softener of, of I mean, it, it's. It's just crazy to think that you have to purchase all of this stuff just to, and it's not even a hundred percent, you know, clean at that point. Right. Even though that you're purchasing all these things. Yeah. We, we asked him specifically, uh, Randy, if this was the first time residents of Ballinger received a notice, a one page, mind you, notice that read in part. Some people who drink water containing trihalomethanes in excess of the MCL or the legal, the, the, the limit ordered by the EPA over many years may experience problems with their liver, kidney, central nervous systems, and may have an increased risk of getting cancer. And he said, no, this is not a, and that was, I thought that was numbing. That was numbing, arguably because as I talked about moments ago, that that was never a concern for us. But the fact that it's not concerning, and maybe it is, but for most people, when you get something time and time again, it's, oh, another water boil, another water boil notice. Oh, 
uh, can't drink the water again today, kids. We'll head out to San Angelo and pick up, you know, a couple gallons of water for the week. To me, the fact that that's numbing to the people who we're talking to is chilling. I think the, one of the reasons, I mean, you know, a little backstory. I mean, I actually lived in Ballinger for, gosh, at least 10 years drinking the water and bathing in it and all that stuff. And it was just kind of known you don't drink the water. So I think that's where maybe why he might have said no, because I don't I think he thinks a lot of residents just don't drink the water. But there are you know some that do. I, I would say like senior citizens, especially probably drink the tap water and, you know, just hearing those things. And, and me as a resident, getting that in my water bill, reading that, I would I would definitely want something done as um, a consumer. And I and that's why we've actually had um, one lady reach out to us. Um, to kind of help cover this story. She's the one that wanted us to kind of dive further into the story. And um, so that's exactly what we're doing. I'm sure there are many more people who feel the same way. And it's interesting because you you brought up the elderly who who do drink this water at the end of the the notice. The, the, The final message is to share the information with people who drink the water regularly and who may not have received it directly, including people in apartments, nursing homes, schools, and businesses. I don't know. There's, again, and I and let me say, I, I do applaud the city of Ballinger for trying to take the necessary steps to fix it. This isn't meant to be a kind of a bash all to the city of Ballinger. I don't know what it's like to be a water treatment facility plant manager. I don't know what people are saying. I don't know, you know, if it's as much of a concern for him as he may have alluded to. But I think that there is an, there is a level of, I think you, at some point, you have a right to expect your city to provide you with clean drinking water without the fear of like things like cancer. Exactly. So, a lot to learn, and I, and I, and I hope to continue, uh, you know, that conversation with folks in and outside of the city of Ballinger. Yeah. And so, our next step is um, actually going into the city limits and testing the tap water. So, Right, because we don't, I mean, we don't know if they do. From, from from our knowledge right now, I do not know, and I don't believe, because I almost feel like that's out of their call of duty. They, I mean, they're testing it as it's coming in, as it's going out. It almost seems like, and no pun intended, they're just washing their hands of the situation. So we'll go out using this uh, same test kit that we use for the water story in both lakes in Abilene, and hopefully we can come back with some answers and, and, and again, hold the people who are responsible for making sure that the water is safe and drinkable, hold those folks accountable. That was great. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming up uh, with the water stories. And um, yeah, we'll um, obviously go more in depth on these stories uh, as our podcast. Um, we do more. So uh, thanks again for Ricky Cody being on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. I look forward to our future conversations.